Hello, everybody. I, uh, I am here to um, introduce our last session with Joe and to also, before he comes on, make a, a, a gentle comment about Joe's doing this um, out of the generosity, Joe and Ann, um, out of the generosity and goodness of their heart. We're obviously not charging for this. So if you feel at all inspired, Andy's going to click in a little um, link where if you feel inspired to make a contribution um, to them, that would be that would be awesome. And I think I think Winnie the Pooh would and Tigger too would also appreciate it. So <laughs> I just wanted to say that. And to share really from my perspective, um, I've so enjoyed this book. Uh, there's there's such wisdom as Joe has repeatedly pointed out in simplicity. You know, the complex mind doesn't stand a chance against simplicity. And it's literally so beautifully disarming in that regard. So it's been a total delight for Joe and Nan to, to offer their time to share this, I think, truly remarkable book um, with us all. And so I also wanted to um, say, in addition to a deep bow of gratitude to them and all of you for attending, that um, Andy and I in Team Nightclub, we're um, kind of debating what to do next, not what, but when. And here's the, here's the thinking behind it. We were thinking we would originally give it a week off and then go to the Dream Yoga book at the end of this month. But we're, we're toying with the idea of postponing it a little bit for a number of reasons. We've been getting some requests to maybe do it a little bit later because everything is so open now. The days are really long. Everybody's celebrating the release of COVID. And so we're thinking that it might be a little bit more judicious like we did when we launched the Dreams of Light book study group last, um, I think it was maybe September when people start to come indoors, they're just kind of more grooving on this. And so you can put in a column on um, a little vote. Yes, let's wait until September. Um, no, let's start earlier. And I will definitely read it. And, and we're, we're actively considering that we want to do what's best for everybody. And right now we're starting to just play with the pros and cons of, of waiting until September. So um, with that said, I uh, will turn it over to Joe and Ann. I think they are probably in the so-called green room are ready to come on. And uh, we're gonna start talking. Joe's had a little thing that we're gonna riff on in terms of the, the Winnie the Pooh um, dream scene from last time around. So I'm gonna hang around for just a second live. I'll be here listening to make a comment or two about that. So are, are you guys there? I am. Let me make sure Nan comes. There she is. Yeah. Right. Perfect timing, perfect timing. Hi, everybody. Please, as we traditionally do, put on your video and wave. It's beautiful. Say hi to Winnie the Pooh and and Tigger too. Yep. Yeah, don't leave us And uh, I I thought we could hi. Nice that everybody's here. I thought so now that we have Andrew here, we could do a little reprise from last week. If you if you recall, um, Winnie the Pooh had decided to take a nap and on some lovely little moss and fell asleep under the branches of this this weeping willow tree and the the breeze was blowing the willow branches and leaves across his tummy and and uh before Pooh knew it he was fast asleep he giggled softly as he dreamed that piglet was tickling his tummy when he awoke Pooh realized that the willow branches reaching down toward the forest floor 
waving to and fro in the breeze are what had been tickling him. So I wanted to ask Andrew about this phenomenon of even though we're asleep, we experience things and they work their way into our dreams. You know, I, I, I know I've had dreams where I, uh, I heard a police siren and I woke up and it was my alarm clock. Yeah, exactly. That had worked its way in just perfect timing. It just, it just kind of meshed in just at the same time with the dream. So yeah, yeah, this is super interesting. Actually, it's, it's um, there's some technical language behind it. It has to do a little bit with what we call the reticular activating system. But basically, it's 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 a very interesting phenomena that Joe talks about, where there is this kind of trans state, or in, you could almost say interstate commerce taking place, right? Interstate commerce between two different states, the waking state and the dreaming state. I can just give you one personal example, and then I'll say something about how it's used for lucid dreaming. Um, I, I'm a skier, and I cannot tell you how many times I've had dreams when the room is really cold of cold and snow and dreams. And so this kind of interstate communication is taking place. It's part of, again, part of the uh, RAS, the reticular activating system that keeps us a little bit on alert in an evolutionary way so that if there's footsteps heading towards us, we're not going to be chewed up by Tigger. <laughs> so, so the way it works here and the lucid dreaming thing is my dear friend, Stephen LaBerge, um, you know, incredibly creative individual in the early 80s, maybe some of you who have explored this, designed this dream goggle, this dream uh, mask. Um, I have the original one, the Nova Dreamer. And what it does, it's so clever. And I've used it with tremendous success is this little eye muffin. She pulled it out. It's like a little eye uh, mask. It rests up against your eye. And it's so clever because when we're in REM, our eyes, rapid eye movement, we're, our eyes are darting back and forth. Little sensors in the mask pick up that movement. And then several different types of key uh, uh, signals will be sent. Sometimes it's auditory. Um, sometimes it's just light flashing. And so the way it's worked for me, and this is, it, it's worked with pretty good success so many times, is I'll be dreaming. And, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, why is this person in front of me pumping his brake lights? Oh my goodness, that's the light of the mask. I must be dreaming, boom, I'm in. Or I'll be waiting at a, at a, at a flashing red light. Why is that red light flashing for so long? Oh my gosh, that's the dream mask flashing. I must be dreaming. And so we can actually um, start to do this. We can start to clue ourselves in. You don't have to buy these expensive masks, you know, like 250 bucks. You can actually build one yourself. But you can actually start to clue in certain aspects of your experience, like keeping the room really cold and seeing if, in fact, that triggers a, a, a dream of snow and ice. But you can say, hey, wait a second, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Or in the classic text, you can leave a light on the room, soft light, back and kind of have this interstate communication. And so what Joe is writing about here um, has definite connections to what happens on the world of lucidity and this kind of interstate traffic. So anyway, just wanted to share Thank that. you. Thank you, Andrew. And I have a funny story to tell that um, this actually happened uh, in Europe. I was traveling with the Vajra region, uh, one of our teachers, and um, he'd, uh, he'd caught a cold uh, and we were having dinner um, and dinner, it, it was run, everything was running a little bit late as things sometimes do in the, those events. 
And the cold medicine that he had taken uh, before he, he was going to go give a talk. So he didn't want to be all stuffed up. So he took some cold medicine and he fell asleep at the table. And we said, well, what should we do? You know, I, let's, let's um, wake him up gently and we'll go out on the balcony and uh, get some fresh air. So we, we did. And, um, and he said, oh yeah, let's go out on the balcony. And we, we go on the balcony and he sits down and we're waiting for him to be ready to go and give the talk and nothing's happening. And so finally I said, uh, sir, would you like to go and give the talk now? He says, what are you talking about? I said, well, the talk at the Dharma Center. He said, why are you saying something crazy like that? I said, what, what, but, but at the talk, he said, I did that already. I said, well, no, last night, yeah, but tonight we, we still have to, and he started getting a little unhappy with me. And I said, no, really, we have, he said, are you, are you kidding? What had happened was he had fallen asleep and was dreaming that he was giving the talk. And then he dreamt that he got he, he met with some people afterwards and then got in the car. We came back. And this is the interesting thing, that our dreams find a way to work somehow. How do they anticipate that this stuff is going to come in? It's almost like, it's almost like pre-experience. That, and he dreamt that he had, was walking upstairs, came into the dining room, walked around behind the table and out onto the balcony. And it merged with him waking up and walking out onto the balcony. So when he got there, he thought that he had given the talk already because the dream worked its way. And it's amazing how they, they mesh in there. So then we actually, the rest of the story is we went every step of the way that we went, he said, I did this already. I did this already. I gave the talk already. Do you want to meet with people afterwards? No, I did that already. And so, so we, we had a, a good laugh for, for many years about, I did that already kind of thing. And it is amazing how our dreams work into our lives. Well, for our last session of the class and thank you all so much for your uh kind kind attention we're this is this is our joy and you know it's going to a seventh printing and we've been invited to we sent in a proposal for a sequel so there may be more stories coming and i have a treat nancy found this on her in her bookcase brought it over it's a compendium of all sorts of things, including some of the original sketches that never made it into, into any of the Milne books. So I'll be showing you some things from that uh, as we conclude. Um, where we left off was Winnie the Pooh had a lot of deep contemplations. And I, I just want to read the closing uh, poem that we did. Uh, before Nancy introduces the next chapter. Everything changes, that doubtless is true, and nothing is separate from me or from you. The natural magic we find in the wood reflects our true nature that's basically good. 
So we're going to go a little further with this idea of interdependence as we continue our chapter 15. Chapter 15, Love and Gratitude. Through relationships, we can experience the magic of everyday life. Who we are is very much a reflection of our connections with family, friends, and colleagues. Being genuinely present in our interactions with them gives us the opportunity to learn about ourselves and practice kindness toward others. Pooh continued his gently mindful journey through the wood. He soon came upon Kanga and Roo, who were playing and laughing. He stopped behind a tree to watch them. Kanga swept Roo up in her arms as he hopped by. I caught you, my little Roo, she cried. Then when he tried to climb onto a tree branch, she called out, you can do it if you try. Pooh could see that Kanga was as loving and nurturing as Roo was exuberant and playful. She gave him comfort and confidence while Roo, in return, brought Kanga joy and laughter. Their gratitude and appreciation for each other was crystal clear. A, little, a loving little rhyme came to Pooh. Playfully frolicking, child and mother, thankful to have the love of each other. Kanga and Rue share everything good, happy together at home in the wood. This is exactly how things should be with those we love, thought Pooh as he stepped out from behind the tree. Hello, Kanga. Hello, Pooh, she said as he walked toward them. You look a bit different today. What have you been doing? Oh, just noticing while walking in the wood and visiting friends. That sounds lovely. I appreciate all my friends and I'm so grateful to have them. You know, Pooh, you have a special magic about you. I do? What do you mean? You can see what someone needs and you provide it with love. I just try to help them find what they already have. And I feel like I get more from my friends than I give. That's because when you offer love, you're not looking for something in return. So a lot more comes back to you. You know, sometimes I do look for a little something. I don't mind when they offer me some honey. And it's usually well-deserved. Why, thank you, Kanga. Talking to Kanga made Pooh think about all his friends and how he was a different sort of Pooh for each of them. With Piglet, he was wise and generous. With Owl, he felt silly and shy. When talking to Eeyore, he was positive and energetic. With Tigger, he stayed settled and calm. I suppose without me, my friends wouldn't be who they are. And without them, I wouldn't really be Pooh. And right there on the spot, he thought of a friendship poem. In the wood where we all live, I have good friends always ready to give. So when they're happy, I feel glad. And when they're not, I feel sad. My job is to be the best friend I can be while remembering they are all part of me. And here we have when he's thinking of all of his friends in the wood, 
And this is an interesting concept. You know, we, we think we think that we're different with other people, that we act differently. But in fact, we're a different person with them. And they're different with us. We're, we're actually a different person. Um, because if we say, okay, well, I act differently when I'm with Tigger than I, when I'm with Piglet, um, where is the, the Winnie the Pooh that's the same in both of those? And, and that's something that Andrew and I have, have been teaching in the meditation class. If you look and say, you know, where's the, the one that continues on that's the same in both of those situations, you can't actually find something. So if we really take a look and see that we're, we become a new person with every other person that we meet, with all of our friends, and every moment, we have the opportunity for a fresh start and a, a new, and, and in fact, with our friends, a new relationship. It's always the possibility of being fresh and understanding that everything in the relationship is interdependent. Who we are and how we act with them and how they are, who they are and how they act with us is interdependent. There isn't a separate person there among all of those different people that we are with all of our different friends. Interesting to come. Okay, Nan. Okay, this is from Always Maintain a Joyful Mind by Pema Chodron. The combination of mindfulness and appreciation connects us fully with reality and brings us joy. There can be a sense of gratitude to everything, even difficult emotions, because of their potential to wake us up. Really communicating from the heart and being there for someone else requires openness. Mindfulness allows us to be more attuned to our experience in the here and now. That opens the door to working with our thoughts and emotions and finding peace of mind. When we are at, when we are at peace with ourselves, it's easier to appreciate the qualities of others without envy or criticism. We can accept another person for the whole of who they are the parts we like, as well as the parts we aren't as fond of. That enables us to share in their joy and support them when things aren't going so well. It's gratifying both to give and to receive. Gratitude. It's natural to be grateful for the support of friends and family, but we can also be grateful for the lessons learned from challenging situations. There is a slogan in the mindfulness tradition be grateful to everyone. There is much to be gained from interacting with difficult people. They provide the opportunity to practice patience when they push our buttons. I think uh, actually Andrew talked about this just last night that uh, his uh, contractor who he had a different difficult time with was his teacher in that situation. So this is very timely. See, everything's all connected all connected. They require the development of sharp commu communication skills. 
They offer a mirror-like reflection of our state of mind, our hopes, our fears, and even what we find uncomfortable about ourselves. If we don't react defensively, difficult people can be a catalyst for our waking up. It's helpful to make a gratitude list. Include everyone and everything that contributes to your happiness and also include those who are challenging and provide you opportunities to work with your attitudes and emotional reactions. Review your list and update it regularly. Listening and speaking. When listening and speaking, are you genuinely present for the other person? Here are some things to notice. When someone is talking to you, do you look at them and listen attentively to their words and expressions? Are you truly taking in everything the other person has to say before responding? Or do you start composing an answer when you get an idea of where they're heading? Do you hear all they have to say? Or do you interrupt and start answering before they are done? Use awareness of your breathing as an anchor to stay present and listen fully leaving space for them to finish, and then give a thoughtful response. A valuable practice for self-awareness is asking, what is my response based on? Am I open to exploring different differences of opinion in an unbiased way, eager for the opportunity to learn? Am I answering as a competition, trying to convince the other person that I'm right? Am I communicating with honesty and integrity? Or am I more concerned with getting my way and making myself look good? When you realize you've been engaged in blaming or being critical of others, another helpful practice is to mentally turn around and look at yourself. First ask, what have I done or said that has contributed to my negative feelings about this person and our interaction? Then think about what circumstance might have made the other person speak or act the way they did. Very often you'll discover that things aren't the way they first seemed and there's no need to stay upset. If you have a heartfelt desire for authentic communication, you can change your listening and speaking habits. By just noticing with non-judgmental awareness, you will start to be more present when listening and your speaking will better reflect your values. Mindfulness allows you to be more authentically responsive to others beyond personal preference and emotional reactivity. That is the basis for genuine communication. So we can have a think about that, contemplate it, and we can have some interesting discussion after we finish the reading about that about listening and speaking and how we relate with others and and more on the challenging that we talked about last night chapter 16 sandwich of the day the day begins with setting your intentions it ends with reflection on the extent to which you fulfilled them rejoice in what went well and accept what didn't without harsh judgment then conclude by making the aspiration to do even better tomorrow. After his visit with Kanga and Rue, Pooh headed home. The sun dipped down to play hide and seek behind the trees, and a cool, brisk breeze blew through the wood. Warmed by the love he received from Kanga, 
and still nicely full inside from his mindful meal with Rabbit, Pooh wasn't at all chilled. He kept just noticing sights, sounds, and smells, and practiced mindful walking, feeling the forest floor with each step. Arriving at home as darkness settled over the wood, Pooh made himself a little cup of tea with a generous dollop of honey before snuggling into his comfy chair. Taking a deep settling breath, he began his regular practice of reflecting on the day. First, Pooh recalled the intentions he had set that morning and contemplated how well he was able to fulfill them. He reflected on when he was mindful, playing with Rue, walking with Piglet, and eating with Rabbit. He remembered when he wasn't mindful, daydreaming about sweeping leaves. Who thought of the times he was kind to others, encouraging Piglet and cheering up Eeyore? He recognized when he wasn't so genuinely present, thinking about how soon he might get some honey. He felt heartened by what went particularly well, aimlessly wandering in the wood, bathed in a, in a delightful swirl of sights, sounds, and smells, was very enriching. And he had the pleasant surprise of running into Rue, a reminder that just noticing is seeing everything as new. Who also acknowledged, without giving himself a hard time, what could have gone better? It had been a bit trying to get Tigger to be more mindful of Piglet and Piglet to be more accepting of Tigger. Finally, he set his aspirations for the next day to renew his intentions, to do his best to fulfill them, and to feel at least as satisfied at the end of tomorrow as he did this evening. To conclude, Pooh recited his evening rhyme. Today, there were two things I set out to do to truly be Pooh. As I walked in the wood, I did all that I could to be here and now the best I knew how and keep in my mind to always be kind. He rested in mindfulness for a few minutes, then got up, put on his nightshirt and climbed into a bed. With a smile, a stretch and a yawn, he tucked himself in and went to sleep. And that's the end of our day with Pooh walking in the wood. This is from A Path with Heart by Jack Kornfeld. In the end, just three things matter. How well we have lived, how well we have loved, how well we have learned to let go. And we can reflect on those every evening. So. Make each day a sandwich. Every day starts with intention and ends with recollection. And all that we do is sandwiched in between. First thing in the morning, sit quietly and establish your basic intentions for the day. How you would like to work with your own experience and relate with others. Divide your intentions into three areas corresponding to body, speech, and mind. Although they are interdependent, you can choose an intention for each one. Overall, be as mindful as you can with respect to how much you are keeping to or straying from your intentions throughout the day. 
The other part of the sandwich happens in the evening. At the close of the day, take a few moments for reflection. Review in a non-judgmental way how well you fulfilled your intentions. It's not a contest. You don't win or lose. Just take stock of what happened without praise or blame. To whatever extent you are not mindful and kind, make a commitment that you'll do your best to improve tomorrow. To whatever extent you maintain mindfulness and acted with kindness, think happily that it benefited others as well as yourself. Having completed the sandwich of the day, sleep well. And that concludes our book. But we, we did finish with some parting words so who can wave goodbye. It is our hope that you enjoyed taking this walk in the wood with Winnie the Pooh and his friends. May it offer you a path to deepen your understanding and appreciation for the preciousness of living in the here and now. May it inspire you to ever-growing caring and kindness toward yourself and all those you encounter on your gently mindful journey through life. So, thank you again so much. And, and what I'd like to do um, is open this up to questions. You can, uh, Andy, you can unmute people if they'd like to raise their hand. But we also have one already in the chat box. Um, the question is in reference to the quote by Jack Cornfield from A Path of Heart. The quote is in the end, just three things matter, how well we have lived, how well we have loved, how well we have learned to let go. And the question is how well we have learned to let go from a path with heart. What does that refer to? Um, that refers to attachment, to needing things to come out a particular way um, so that we can get the world to be the way we want it to be for us rather than letting go and learning to, as it says, how well we've lived and how well we've loved. Um, the extent to which we feel like we need to make things turn out a particular way, the, and, and particularly any kind of things that we're attached to, always produce unhappiness. And the reason is, I, I like to think of it a couple of, couple of ways. One is, <laughs> the world is going along the way the world's going to go along. Now, if you try to make it go the way you want it to, you can do that for a little bit, but eventually it's going to diverge. And the further it gets from the way you want it to be, the less happy you're going to be. So that, that's one of those. Until at some point, you actually have to give up your project. And in a certain sense, that... In the, in the Buddhist tradition, we talk about dying to who we're attached to being in the moment, which causes us some suffering. And then we kind of reconstruct ourselves and go, okay, I need oh, that. I, I was, I, I had it wrong. I need to be, I need to make the world be a little more like this. 
And then we try it again. And it's a continual cycle of suffering. Now, the, the other aspect is any kind of attachment to temporary phenomena. And temporary phenomena is pretty much everything in our experience because everything that comes together eventually comes apart. So um, the traditionally, they say this not letting go, but clinging or holding on is really the source of most of our suffering. I, I do like the expression, um, and it's attributed to so many different people from the Dalai Lama to Mark Twain. You know, I mean, it's pretty much everybody that, that um, maybe not quite Mark Twain, but um, that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And so, so we have this, um, we have a choice. And if we are attached to these temporary things, to whatever extent uh, we're attached, when they come apart, we are unhappy. We're unhappy when we don't get what we want. We're unhappy when what we get stuck with what we don't want. We're unhappy with what we, what we like is taken away from us. So all of these ways, that are based on not letting go uh, are what produces our unhappiness. Okay, good. Uh, any other questions or comments? Experiences with listening and, uh, and being genuinely there for others. This is our waiting meditation. You can raise your hand or put it in the chat. Can you hear me? Hi, Hi. Victoria. Hi. So I just wanna say, um, this is my most famous, favorite chapter, Sandwich of the Day. I love many other chapters that have um, spoken to me personally. Um, I feel that I wish that there were thousands of people listening because I just want to say I'm very grateful to have participated. Nancy, for your work, um, your genuine compassion, Joe knows that I suffered trauma when we first met. I lost six of my family four years ago. This chapter, Sandwich of the Day, specifically speaks to me. As many have walked through this past year, the rug being pulled out from underneath them and having to adapt to a lot of pain. I work with pain. I've been a body worker for 25 years. I help people connect to their breath and bring in the flow to their body. Your work through this book, I will be bringing forward to, and I take great honor to be an ambassador in the community of Santa Barbara. One of the traumas for me was my son. He just turned 18. For four years, I've been begging for help for him in the public education and then the justice system, 
been very trying for me as my only child. And uh, it has been four years since I've seen him. I see him at a distance. Uh, the letting go is probably our greatest challenge in this lifetime. And I just wanna say thank you. Personally, I'm honored to be an ambassador to bring Winnie the Pooh into everyone's household in our community. Thank you, Vicki. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Anyone else, you're welcome. Just to share whatever you'd like to share. This is our opportunity. Alejandro. Alex. Hello. Hi, everyone. Uh, uh, I just want to say uh, um, that uh, me as well, I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I like that book so much. It's the only session I've been uh, attending, and I already want to buy it. <laughs> and, 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 and you guys should think about making a Spanish version of it as to have it uh, promoted in, down here in Mexico and I don't know, in the Spanish speaking world, you know? Yeah, we've been talking about that with one of the, part, one of the people in the class. Um, we've been, and also with Vicky, we've been, we, there are a couple of different uh, ways we're approaching that and I've, uh, just two weeks ago, I had a conversation with our editor about that. So we're working on it. We're definitely right. working on it. Awesome. Well, anything you, you need in uh, Mexico or Mexico City, let me know, please. I, I will be more than happy to help in any thank way. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, uh, and thank you very much. It's, 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 it's a pleasure and a privilege to say hello to you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I, I got to read this uh, um, from Inna that before this is that coincidence kind of thing that we were talking about of uh, um, the the outer experiences and the dream and the the and Andrew last night talking about the same thing that we end up doing the reading today and <laughs> and I, I truly have found that the universe moves in waves. Um, I have weeks when I get no calls for lessons. Uh, and then I have weeks when I get a dozen calls for lessons. It, it, it just moves in waves. So Inna said that before the last reading session, before we did that session, she saw a bear bee, you know, like a, a Winnie the Pooh that looks, the, but with the face of Winnie the Pooh, but a body of a, ba of a bee. <laughs> right? and, Nan, you've seen those, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. Uh, on the market and it caught her eye because and I don't usually buy toys as I'm a grown-up lady. <laughs> and just two days later, we're reading the passage where Pooh was asleep dreaming he was a Pooh bee. So that's so <laughs> funny. And 
And she wrote, this is a magical coincidence. From now on, this toy will always remind me to be mindful and especially to ask myself who I am and if I'm dreaming right now, just, oh, there it is. That is so great. Just like, just like the food. Very cute. That's so cute. Good work. Good work. Perfect. I love it. That's great. That's great. Oh, that is so funny. Yes. Are we dreaming right now that we're on a Zoom call? <laughs> I don't know. I've had dreams that I've been on Zoom calls. I guess we should check. Can I plot? <laughs> that's great. Thank you uh, That's uh, that for the pictures. We got them and they came up. That's super. Lovely. Katie. Hi. So um, I don't know quite how to articulate this, but I got the, the idea that I want to share, which is I have so enjoyed these sessions. I, I, I look forward to them and they like, they fill me up with happiness and glee. I'm just like, like a little kid. And from, from the beginning, I'm struck by your name being parent, you know? <laughs> and I and I just feel like I can remember in the first session, and this is not like me. I mean, I'm very like attentive to Zoom sessions, but you started to read and I was overwhelmed with fatigue and I laid down and it was like somebody was reading to me like I was a little kid. But when I grew up, they didn't read to me, neither of them, you know, it wasn't a thing in my house. So I kind of feel like this is like reparenting in a way, you know, but with sane parents who read these outrageous books full of wisdom and kindness and fun and beautiful pictures. And so anyway, so that, I guess I got it click across, you know, I feel like this is reparenting. Thank you, parents. I, I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and Thank you. <laughs> Our pleasure. <laughs> When uh, my teacher, Trumpa Rinpoche, uh, when I would raise my hand in the session, the first time he said, parent, my, that's what I called my mother and father. And from there on, whenever I would raise my hand, he would call me, he would go, mother, father. <laughs> that's, it. that's how he called on me. Mother, father. Oh, right. And, and then the, the, his regent would, whenever I, of course, I always, I very often offer my opinion. And he said, parental guidance suggested. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you for uh, pointing that out. It is somewhat ironic. Yes, I agree. Now I have, I have a question for all of you. Did you notice how I did the character of Kanga? Did you notice any accent? Well, uh, when I did, I recorded the audio book and um, I said, I thought, what kind of voice can I do for, you know, Piglet's easy. Squeaky, blah, 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 blah. Tigger, I did Tony the Tiger. That's great, right? And um, they're great, Frosted Flakes. Uh, that shows my age, that was the commercial. And Kanga, I couldn't think, I said, well, she's from the Southern Hemisphere. So I'll, I made her a Southern, well, thank you, Pooh. I made her a little, give her a little bit of a Southern accent. 
Now, um, I, this was Australian, yes. I, I, I didn't, G'day might, you know, I don't know how, I, I know a lot of guys from Australian accent, but that it just came to me and that, that's what I did. So um, Tim, thank you for your comment, letting go an issue to deal with. How do you think we can help children to deal with this? Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I think I wanna let Nancy take this one, right? Thinking about letting go and helping children deal with letting go. Um, you know, I think it comes back to uh, first and foremost, acknowledging their feelings and helping them articulate those feelings. Um, because until they can get there, they can't let it go. And in my experience, that's, that's the best thing you can do is acknowledge and help them put a name to it, help them label the feeling. And then there's all kinds of exercises and things that you can do to help them cope with those feelings and express those feelings. But self-acceptance is the formula. Yes, yeah, and not to say, oh, you're, you know, not to say, oh no, it doesn't hurt, or oh no, that didn't happen, or oh no, you can move on. No, that's not a great idea. You need to acknowledge, help your child acknowledge their feelings. If, if they, if they uh, are upset that um, uh, some, you know, a, a, a littler kid took their toy away from them or something like that, to say, you don't need to feel that way, not, not so good. I think acknowledging, self-accepting, uh, not, not judging, the, the feelings. Uh, and then um, I, one thing that I, I would suggest is um, depending on the age of the child, try to get them to put themselves in the other person's shoes. You know, that's one of those, those exercises, which is not easy. That's not easy for us. So it's not let alone a child, right? Let alone a child. But, um, you know, one of the things with letting go that I, um, I actually was able to help you, Nan, with uh, your son, Howard, was the, uh, the habit changing technique that mm -hmm. I called Ninja. I call it Ninja. And it's necessary intention and non-judgmental awareness so first you know there's a psychologist joke uh, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb only one but the light bulb has to want to change so um so the first part is necessary intention you have to really want to make the change because change has a threshold that you, uh, you have to an energy threshold that you have to get over so uh, for example, uh, so this situation was, uh, so that's the, that's the NI of ninja, necessary intention. The second half is non-judgmental awareness. Because if you 
beat yourself up about it, if you get upset about the fact that you that it happened, you actually feed, fuel it and feed it and invite it to come back. So uh, Howard, um, was, do you mind if I tell him the story now? No, no. Howard was sucking his thumb and had a little blanket. And, and he was getting old enough that he was embarrassed that he was sucking his thumb, but he kept, it was a habit. So uh, I said, well, Howard, all you need to do is, um, do you want to stop? He said, oh yeah, I want to stop. I said, that's all you need to, to want. All I want you to do is count the number of times each day. Don't try to stop, but just count the number of times you find your thumb in your mouth. And um, he, he said, okay, I can do that. And do, do you remember the other part, Nan, that he said? He said, and, and mom, I'm going to count yours too. Every time you, every time you're biting your fingers. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I said, rascal. yeah, a little rascal. That, that's fine. And so, uh, it's, uh, and don't get upset. You don't need, you, you, if you get upset, again, let that go. You, uh, and um, because we're just counting. It's, you haven't done anything bad if you find yourself in your mouth. I didn't say you don't need to be upset. I said, know that it's not bad. It's just a habit. It, you know, it's just something that you've gotten used to doing, but just count. And I think you told me after three days, uh, he'd pretty much stopped doing it. And then without telling him, tell the, the, do you remember what happened with the car and the blanket? I just remember we, we lost the blanket. Well, what happened was they were getting, they were going on a, a trip somewhere and the blanket was in the laundry and they got in the car without it. And you told me you got, you got upset. You said, oh, wait, wait we have to go back um, for the blanket. And he said, no, I, I don't need it. And that's pretty cool letting go. So, uh, so that technique actually does work for kids for letting go. And I got, again, funny coincidence. What was I talking about? Uh, uh, the accent and Inna just wrote, she's from Sydney. <laughs> it all goes in waves. It all goes in waves. So are we ready for some interesting pictures? This is a little bit of the history too. I love this stuff. So I'm gonna share a screen here and we're gonna to get to our photo. Okay, so this is, there we go. This is the sketchbook, a little, a few sketches from Ernest Shepard. Ernest Shepard was the, is the artist that did the original Pooh books. And, and the funny story is that Milne, the author, was aware of Shepard's satirical cartoons and disliked them strongly. Uh, and yet one of his colleagues, oh, he said to the colleague, what on earth do you see in this man? He's perfectly hopeless. However, his opinion changed when Shepard produced some sample drawings for the first book and the two began their collaboration. 
So here are some of the sketches. That's Winnie the Pooh reaching for a jar of honey and him, um, Christopher Robin reading to him when Pooh got stuck and he had visited rabbit and ate too much and couldn't get out of the rabbit hole. And here's Piglet under the covers, Tigger discovering uh, there was another tigger, tigger in the mirror. Pooh in bed with his sleeping nightcap on. Eeyore, Owl, Rabbit, Tigger, and there's Kanga and Roo. And this is interesting, the model for Pooh, it turns out that, okay, so Winnie was the short for Winnipeg, the bear that the young soldier had brought over from Canada and left in the London Zoo that uh, Christopher Robin became friends with. And then they needed a, and he had a teddy bear. But it turns out that the real model for Pooh was Shepherd's son's teddy bear called Growler. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Now this is the different houses, which is so cute. Owls and you see how he did kid spelling. Please knock and he spelled knock C-N-O-K-E. And if an, if an answer, please knock if an answer is not required. So cute. And there's that, there's, there's the ver vision from, that we saw of the other picture of Pooh stuck in the, that's what Rabbit was experiencing. He used Pooh's legs as towel racks. <laughs> and then Kanga is the mother figure in the forest. So, and we were just talking about Kanga and Rue. And then this is their game of Pooh sticks. And, and, and in Pooh sticks, what you do is you get, uh, and originally they used, you see him picking here, picking up pine cones and they used pine cones, but they couldn't tell them apart so much. So they didn't know whose pine cone won the race. They would go to one side of the bridge, the, the up river side, drop the stick, drop their pine cones in and then see which one. And then they switched to sticks and poo sticks. Um, And so they, uh, they had the game of, of, and there were rules for poo sticks. And you would fashion your stick so you could tell what it was. And it's better to drop it in the middle of the stream so it doesn't get hung up along the, in the weeds along the edges. And then this is for the story when Tigger accidentally bounced Eeyore into the river and they dropped their poo sticks in and went to look to see. And instead of the sticks coming out, Eeyore came floating <laughs> out under, under the bridge. <laughs> so here's one of the original sketches. And, and this is the sweetest thing that I wanted to read about the art. Okay. And um, do I have any more on these? No, that's the last one. Okay. And Milne, when Winnie the Pooh, the first book was published, Milne inscribed Shepherd's copy 
with a personal dedication. When I am gone, let Shepherd decorate my tomb and put, if there is room, two pictures on the stone. Piglet from page 111 and Pooh and Piglet walking, 157. And Peter, thinking that they are my own, will welcome me to heaven. To rhyme with 11 and 157. <laughs> so isn't that lovely? And I'm going to stop the share and show you that picture of Pooh and Piglet. Give me a second to find them. I know they're here. Now, oh, here they are. That's the one. Mm. Who and Piglet walking. And, and the, those two walking in conversation, there have been lots and lots of different captions that go with that, which are pretty funny. Okay. Um, thank you, Inna, for your comments about the magical book. And um, yeah, and these, the characters, you know, I was just talking to, to somebody in their 20s and they said oh yeah Winnie the Pooh uh, it's it's just it's been a hundred years and it's still relevant for all of us and we all know oh and they they and they the, in that book they had personality quiz they would ask give you multiple <laughs> choice and you could just determine which character you were you know. so we all know we all know Eeyore's we all know Tiggers. It's just a lot of fun that way. So thank you. Um, oh, that's so sweet. Flora wrote that um, in the little town of Mount Shasta, they ordered it specially for the library. And Nancy was down in a at a museum, right? The Bauer Museum. Bowers in Santa Ana, yes. Santa Ana, and they have our book. Yeah. So we just found out it's going to go to a seventh printing, and there are over thirty thousand copies in print and 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 growing. So I've talked in the class before about the program for the Montessori schools, and and Vicky's working on it for Santa Barbara. We're working on it for that Mexico program. Thank you, Alejandro, for offering to help. So. You know, the aspiration is that this book be available for, uh, they said, what age is it for? I like to say kids from four to 104. And that, that families will be able to use it to grow in mindfulness and kindness. And, it, and of course, it's been a joy, especially doing it with Nancy and having my wife, Megan, who Nancy introduced me too. So it's all 
interdependent doing the uh, design for it. So thank you all so much. Anything more? Please share whatever you'd like with us and, and welcome Andrew back. Well, I've been here in silence. <laughs> and, and your video off. Yes, exactly. So then you can see as I, as you can't see as I enter deep samadhi and actually turn into rainbow body. I didn't want to freak anybody out. <laughs> Lovely. I did want to really, if there are any final comments or not, um, from my end, I, I thought what a fantastic way to end, especially with that chapter on love and gratitude, because I, I think I can speak for, for attendees and for all of us at nightclub who listen to this later that, uh, you know, if, if we could all just give you a big Winnie the Pooh hug and share our love and gratitude, you would feel it right now. It's just been a delight. It's really been a delight. So I don't mean to like end it with this, but since you called on me, I wanted yeah. to share my personal uh, gratitude for both of you for writing such a gem of a book and sharing your good humor and your good heart. It's been a real delight. Just love it. And thank you for inviting us. Definitely. Quick thank you to Vicky for putting on her Winnie the Pooh. Oh, there it is, exactly. And <laughs> and um, and uh, and thank you. And and it's wonderful that you offer so many different things to so many people through all of your offerings in in the uh, in this community. And and having, you know, even if you know people are going to miss classes, but having it posted and available to be able to to tune in afterward and catch up. Um, it's, you know, the whole team, you and, and Cindy and Andy and everybody else on the team, uh, thank you so much for, for what you bring and offer to everyone. And it's wonderful for us uh, to be a part of that. Well, that's very generous of you. And I, I really especially want to do a shout out to Andy because he's like, he's the, the custom, you know, he's always there. He, never fails, shows up, does everything. So dear friend behind the scenes, you know, super appreciation for, from all of us and your kind uh, ever presence. So we appreciate that. And let's, let's find a way to do this again, Joe. You yeah. Got, we got, you got other books out there. We could, we could, you know, do a little riff on, on mindfulness and sport or using Zen golf as a template. And, and yeah, you know, that. you and I have talked about that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Show me that. That's awesome. <laughs> my best contribution. Thank you. Classic. Beautiful. That that's the gif that and that that Andy is so good at finding those things. He gets those. Yeah, they just keep popping up. No, very impressive. <laughs> so yeah, unmute. We can we can all do a big Let, let's let's dedicate as we as we do the benefit and on behalf of everybody may the the study and practice and joy that we've all experienced um, be of benefit to others to all beings as well as ourselves. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. And, and let's unmute and everybody say goodbye and thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Louisa, we'll be in touch. I got a nice note from you. Got that. And thanks everybody. Lovely to be with all of you. And we'll see you again, you know, in, in the meditation classes and uh, um, that that Andrew does such a, a great job of leading. Uh, he's invited me, as you know, to do the first Monday of every month. Uh, and I'll, I'll also, I also have my own through, um, through my website. If you, you go there every, uh, every other, every other Wednesday at noon, I do it in Pacific time. So we have all sorts of opportunities and it's wonderful to be with everybody and be able to um, share this path of mindfulness and kindness and make the world a better place little by little. Thank you, Joe. Bye, everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you.